welcome to the Relationship Anxiety Podcast. I'm your host, Mikkel, and today we are talking about the positive 50%. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the podcast today. Um, so I have a fun topic for y'all today. This is the concept I've been thinking about a lot um, that I've observed in myself and in clients, um, and I think it's really important to understand. So I want to talk to y'all about it today. And um, if you're confused by the title, don't worry, we'll explain it. Um, but what I want to say first is if you are brand new to the podcast and this is your very first episode listening, I would recommend listening to some of the other episodes first. Because um, I would say this is, a, I, I try to keep things pretty simple, and I wouldn't say this is going to be crazy complicated and over your head, but it is a little bit more deeper level, a little bit more advanced. So I would definitely recommend going back and listening to some other episodes first. But if you've been here with me for a little bit, then tune in. Um, this concept I think will really open up your mind a little bit. So what I want to talk to you guys about today, what I'm calling the positive 50%. So if you've heard in other episodes, I talk about the concept of 50-50. And for those of you that maybe don't remember this, just to give you a little bit of a refresh, 50-50 is essentially this idea that half of life is going to be negative emotions and negative thoughts and struggling with things. And then half of life is going to be positive emotions and feeling good and positive thoughts. And that life is never 100% happy and positive and amazing and um, never 100% negative either, but that it's a balance and that... The contrast of the negative allows us to experience the positive and vice versa. So with relationship anxiety, we get very focused on all the things we hate about it. Like, I hate how I just feel so much anxiety I hate how I'm constantly questioning my relationship. I feel so guilty. I feel worried. I feel stressed. Um, And I just wish that I could be confident like other people. Like All of these thoughts, all of these negative emotions are common to experience with relationship anxiety. But the thing is, When we talk about relationship anxiety, a lot of times we're just focused on that negative part of it. And what we don't recognize is the positive half that we tend to experience with relationship anxiety. Now, just to kind of illustrate what I mean for you a little bit, I want you to think about, um, you know, say you've eaten a bunch of cookies and you feel bloated, your stomach hurts, you kind of feel a little bit groggy now, and are just like, oh my gosh, why did I do that to myself? Why did I go eat a bunch of cookies? Like, 
I'm never doing that again. I don't ever want to eat cookies. Like I feel horrible. I feel awful. And we like think about the moment of feeling gross after eating all those cookies. But there was a reason we went and ate the cookies. Like we've done this before. We've eaten lots of cookies. We could have learned from that moment. Like generally when you say, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to eat cookies. Then the next week or month rolls around and you're like, I'm going to have some cookies again or whatever your guilty pleasure is. Um, If you can imagine this, the, after the fact, you're beating yourself up. You're like, that was horrible. Why did I do that? But there was a reason that you engaged in that behavior in the first place. And when we just focus on the negative, we miss the positive, the reason we did it in the first place, the enjoyment that came out of it, like how good it tasted in the moment, the hit of dopamine that we got from it. Maybe that little bit of relief from the stress we were experiencing from the, from the day and and obviously the yumminess in our mouth and the sensation of the cookie melting and maybe the sense of connection that we got when we like binged all the cookies with our friend. <laughs> Whatever it is, there were some positive emotions and experiences that led us to eat the cookies, that led us to continue to eat the cookies. Now, another kind of analogy is to think about Maybe if you have a social media account, like say you like to get on Instagram um, and maybe you've spent too much time and you're like, oh my gosh, why did I waste so much time? That was so dumb. And now I feel worse about myself and I'm comparing myself to all these people. But there was a positive emotion that motivated you to do that. Like maybe feeling a little bit stressed out in work and then you had a sense of relief getting to open the app, a sense of excitement, maybe seeing what's new, seeing notifications, seeing someone who's followed you or seeing your favorite account post a giveaway. And maybe you forget about all of this after you've spent a whole bunch of time on there and gotten distracted and been like, why the heck did I do that? And you feel guilty and awful after the fact and start judging yourself and beating yourself up for wasting time on social media. But again, we engage in the behavior later because there is that positive half of it that motivates us. And that's kind of the point is that we don't engage in behaviors generally when it's all negative. There is a positive emotions, feelings, thoughts that come along and generally incentivize us to do different things. Our brain is wired that we have certain behaviors or habits that we engage with that will give us a hit of dopamine. It's like a neurotransmitter in your brain that gives you a sense of relief or excitement and fun. Like very similar to what we experience when we eat a cookie or get on social media is there's a hit of dopamine. That's the like emotional reward for us for engaging in that behavior. So very similarly, Relationship anxiety has the same kind of phenomenon. Um, I know, again, we focus a lot on like the negative part that we hate and why we want to get over this, but I think it's so important to understand the positive half of it that tends to encourage us to engage in these kind of behaviors. That hit of dopamine we get in our brain 
from relationship anxiety. So what this looks like is the moments where we maybe ask someone what they think about our relationship and they say, oh my gosh, he is so great. You are so lucky. And then you get this big welling sense in your chest of just like pride of, oh my gosh, he is amazing. I'm so lucky to have him. What was I even thinking, questioning, or doubting this? I finally know this is my answer. I've got to stay. He's totally the one. Or the moments where we have this invisible March Madness bracket going on in our head of trying to put our guy up against another guy, and we feel like he wins the game. Like We compare him to someone else, and we're like, oh my gosh, look, he's so much more attractive than him. I'm so lucky. Like, this is totally the right decision. Or, look, he is so much more social or smarter than that guy. I wouldn't, I totally, I'm glad I'm not on with him. He's the losing team. This guy, yeah, he's, he's the best. This definitely is a good decision. The moment when you Google something and it tells you that this is totally normal, you're experiencing this, and this is definitely a great guy and you should stay with him. Those are the positive half of relationship anxiety. The part where we feel the sense of relief or maybe pride thinking that our guy is better or the moments of thinking we finally found the answer and we might even experience enough positive emotion that we start thinking that maybe we're finally over this, that this is never, ever, ever going to cross our brains again. We're never going to have a negative thought or feeling pop up ever because look how good we feel right now. We feel so much relief. We feel excitement. We feel attraction. We feel pride. That Those doubts, those questions like, Obviously, they're gone. I figured this out. But this is the trap your brain gets in. This positive half of relationship anxiety, the moments where we get to feel good about our relationship because of an answer we found or because we've compared and we think he's won, as much as we might enjoy that and it might make us feel good and feel some relief about being in this relationship, is actually part of fueling just being in relationship anxiety at all. It's part of why we start experiencing the negative half of it because we are playing this game with our brain. I think of it almost like Pac-Man a little bit. (laughs) So my husband and I have, um, this past week, we've been playing Pac-Man on the Switch and I, it's, it's funny because it's such a simple game, but I think it's really fun. And, you know, you're playing and eating all the dots and then inevitably a ghost is going to get you. And, but then you get to go again and maybe you get more and you feel like you're kind of winning. And then you might even beat that one level and you feel like you won. But then there's the next level and it's like, okay, we got to keep going. We got to keep trying to eat all the dots. And at some point you will lose all your lives. The ghosts will kill you. And 
you got to start a new round and you got to play again. But you're kind of a little bit hooked because you're like, that was really fun. Um, I got to try to win. I got to try to win. But no matter how much we try to win, and maybe we might win a level or two or three, or depending on how good you are. I don't win very many levels. Um, it never ends. My husband was actually telling me, I didn't know this about Pac-Man, but apparently there's like 200 levels or something like that. And on the very last level, it's glitchy and it's impossible to beat. No one can beat the last level. There, are no, there is no arrival of beating Pac-Man. It is forever eating dots and having ghosts chase you. And you feel like you maybe win a level or maybe you can get the high score or whatever, but ultimately the ghosts are going to win. There, there's no way you can officially beat the game. And this is very much what relationship anxiety is like, is we are playing this game with our brain where we are trying to get to a place where we win where we are 100% confident and there's never any doubts and we always feel positive. And with this positive half of relationship anxiety where maybe you've compared him to some other guy and you're like, wow, he's way better, he's way more attractive, we might have a sense of like, I just won that level, like, ha, like this is it, this is the right decision, proving to your brain, see, like I can be certain and confident about this. But all we're doing is we're going on to the next level where then our brain is presenting more dots and more ghosts to chase you. Like, you might get that little hit of dopamine of, yay, look, this is good. This is the right decision. But inevitably, there is more. Our brain is like, okay, on to the next level. Here's more concerns. Here's more challenges. And we go back and forth of maybe there is kind of that relief we get. But ultimately, we keep playing this game with our brain back and forth, back and forth. And it never ends with us feeling great. Like, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't accomplish anything. Much like sitting and playing lots and lots of Pac-Man doesn't really get anything done. And I kind of also think with like video games, you spend too much time playing them, you start to kind of feel gross. You start to feel off. That's kind of how relationship anxiety is. You might get that sense of fun, relief, excitement. This is a good decision momentarily, temporarily. But long-term playing this game does not get us anywhere. It does not get us to a place where we've arrived and we're like, okay, now I know this is the one I can lay all this aside. We're playing a game with infinite levels of rounds where we don't win. And maybe some of us might think, okay, but this is the guy. If if this wasn't, if the guy was right, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be feeling like this. I wouldn't be thinking like this. And that thought process is very much like saying, okay, if I change the layout of the Pac-Man game, so if it was like shaped maybe like a circle instead of like a rectangle, if the order of the dots was a little bit different, then I could feel good about this. Then I would win. It's like, no, 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 you're still playing the same game with your brain. It's just a little bit different. And maybe you might notice yourself getting a few other levels further on a different shape of the game. But in the end, you're still playing that same game that has no arrival. So 
what we have to be willing to do is to not play the game. Like, as fun and hard as it is. Like, that sense of relief, the sense of urgency, the sense of importance to doing this, to trying to prove that he is right or trying to prove that he is wrong is just engaging with this game in our brain. Versus, can we be willing to just turn it off? To say, I'm not playing this game with my brain anymore. And I know it's not as simple as that because this is a habit we've built up. But a big part of that is being willing to let go of the positive half. Because inevitably, for every time that we maybe compare him to someone else and think, wow, he's so much cuter or he's smarter or we're able to Google and find an answer that makes us feel okay about staying in the relationship or we have a friend, we ask a friend and they say something really nice about him. For every time that happens, that positive 50% for us, there's going to be the negative 50 where then we compare and we feel like he isn't as attractive as someone else. Or we ask someone for their opinion and they tell us it's probably a bad idea. Or we Google and Google tells us that we definitely should not be in this relationship. And that's how we're getting caught in the game. Is even though we have those moments of relief where maybe we get to feel better or we get to feel good about the relationship, there is that negative 50% where we're comparing and we feel like maybe he isn't as great as some other person. So even though we might have those moments of feeling like we proved it to our brain, our brain's going to have other moments where it's coming up with, this is the wrong answer because it's the mode of thinking. It's the nature of the game. There is no winning here. As long as we're in the mode of comparing and trying to prove, it goes both ways. And many people, when they come to me with, you know, wanting to overcome relationship anxiety, when they describe it, what they're looking for is they want to beat the game. They want to win. They want to come to the end of it where there's certainty. They never have doubts again. But that isn't the solution. Because all that's saying is, I want to keep playing this game with my brain and I want the ghost to be gone. I don't want any of the negative have to be there. I want to be able to prove this to my brain once and for all. That isn't really beating relationship anxiety. That's just engaging more with the game to say I need that certainty and that 100% guarantee and confidence. Rather, what winning with relationship anxiety looks like is being willing to put the game down and say, I'm not playing this anymore. I'm not trying to prove all the positive half of this. I'm not getting freaked out and worried about the negative half. I'm stepping away from this all together where I'm not going to spend time Googling. I'm not going to spend time trying to figure this out in my brain. I'm not going to ask other people. I'm going to stop comparing. And what that means for us 
is we do have to be willing to let go of the moments of relief, the moments where we're like, oh my gosh, look, he's so great. And this isn't to say you can't feel good about your relationship and you can't feel positive about and admire him. What I'm saying is we have to be willing to let go of doing that from a place of trying to prove to our brain. When we catch ourselves comparing and trying to make ourselves feel good and feel better versus saying, I don't need to prove anything to my brain. I can just experience being in this relationship and I can have moments of feeling good and admiring him and I can have moments of feeling negative and that none of this is about winning and trying to come to a final conclusion. This is about me being human and experiencing and being in a relationship. I had a moment where someone I really admire, whose opinion I value a lot, was, you know, who they, they are familiar with my struggle with relationship anxiety. And they said to me, do you want to know what I think about your husband? And I felt that desire come up into me of, oh my gosh, what do they think of him? <gasps> do they like him? It seems, this seems positive. I bet they're going to tell me a lot of really nice things about him and how amazing he is. And I get to feel really good. And instead, being willing to tell them, I'm good. I, I don't need to know what you think. It takes a lot of discipline for us to do that, to be willing to walk away from the reassurance, from the positive half of relationship anxiety. Say, I don't need someone else's opinion. I don't need to prove that he's better than anyone else because I'm choosing this. I'm choosing this relationship. And this game, I don't need to play. I'm willing to set this aside and allow myself to just be in a relationship. All right, thanks so much for tuning in today, you guys. We will talk next week. Bye.